Welcome to the Breakfast with Champions podcast, where every day we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration to help you reach your full potential. You can check us out at bwcdaily.com. On this show, we feature celebrity interviews as well as experts and leaders in fields like business, marketing, sales, branding, and mindset. Our goal is to give you a seat at the table to listen in on conversations with some of the most amazing people around the world, people who are doing the things you know you can do and reaching the levels you know you can reach. So get ready to be motivated and inspired and grab your seat at the table for the Breakfast with Champions podcast. And don't forget to check us out at bwcdaily.com. Good morning. It's Judge Graham. It is getting close to a new year, uh, 2023. And I know a lot um, people on people's minds start to think about Man, am I uh, am I making the right decisions? Am I happy? I I you know do I need change? Right? Do I need to? What do I do in my relationship? Do I need to change my relationship? What do I need to do to change my body? What do I need to do to change my mindset? What do I need to do to change my finances? What do I need to do to change my career? Right. A lot of these thoughts start really percolating um, this time of year, and. I get a lot of people asking all the time, you know, what do I do? Right. That's always the question. It's like, what do I do? I've got, you know, um, this business and, you know, it's, it's never gotten past here and, and I don't know what to do. You know, I've got this opportunity, but I'm scared to do it. I don't know what to do. Right. We always, unfortunately, get to a point in a multitude of things, again, in a relationship and a job and a career in your, uh, your personal health. And it's always, what do I do? Right. What do I do? And so I want to give you a cheat code I use to help start to rationalize or to, to, to put together enough of your own personal data in order to make the decision on what do I do? What, what is that next step? Right. What, why am I doing this? And so if, if for the folks that, that are stationary, that, that aren't driving or, or have the ability to to jot some notes down, whether it's on a notebook or piece of paper, a napkin, or, or an iPad, or a laptop computer, I would encourage you to, to jot these down. Um, if you're like me and others that struggle with, you know, I'm in, I'm at the stage, what do I do? Right? What do I do? So the first thing in this, this process, right, it's a, it's a four-step process. And I talk a lot about this concept of in-game, Right. And the concept of in-game starts with in, in anything, right? It could be in any decision on what, what can I do starts with what do you want, right? So that first column there, if you're, you're taking notes, is, is what do you want, right? What do you want out of the situation? What do you want out of the opportunity? What do you want by getting in better shape, right? What do you want out of starting the business? What do you want out of out of uh, moving into a different career or taking a different job, right? What do you want, right? So like really think about that because we don't spend a lot of time doing that, right? We, we let our thoughts race through our brain and we think we have an idea, but we never really take the time to write down exactly what do we want, right? A lot of people say, well, I want to do it because I want more money. Well, how much more money? 
right? How much more money do you want? A million dollars a year? Do you want another $100,000 a year? Do you want another $1,000 a month? Like, what do you want? Right? Don't just be vague and I want more time. I want more money. I, I want my relationship to feel better. Whatever it is, what do you want? Like, what are the tangible things? And it's a hard exercise, right? So you want to write those things down, right? I mean, it should be three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever it is to you. What do you want out of the thing that you're grappling with, right? I can't make this decision. I don't know what to do. I'm not happy in this, whatever that is. And you have to take the time to write out, and that's step one, what do you want? Get real tactical on it, right? Really work your brain to figure out what do you want. Then the next column, if we're taking notes here, the question you want to answer is, why do I want it? Why do I want it? And this exercise ties back to what do you want? Because a lot of people will write in things like, and again, I'm making this up, you know, I want a a Lamborghini. And then they come to this other column, well, why do you want it? And then they really start to dissect why they want it. And then maybe that changes what you want. Okay, let me have this real important, right? A lot of people will write out down what, What do you want? And then when you get to that next column and you have to justify the why you want it, it could change, right? You you, you start to think about, well, you know, this is why I wanted the Lamborghini, but maybe that's not really what I want, right? I I like the idea of it, right? Or maybe you do want it, right? You have a, you know, I I want it because it does whatever and, 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 and it stays on your list. But the why do you want it is that gut check. Right. It's it's the validation of of extracting out the reason why you actually want it. And a lot of the times, some of the things that we think we want aren't exactly what we want. And that why helps us determine that. Right. So that step one is why do you want it? And the set step two in the in the column, if you're writing these down, is matching back why do you want it to each one of those. Okay. And then now that may alter. The what do you want? And then when you have that piece done, the most important piece here is when. When do you want it? When? Right? Goals are never met or dreams are never caught because we don't put a time on it. Right? We don't put a time on it. We, we, we sometimes, if we're lucky enough, we map out what we want. And, and, and make sure that we understand why we want it. We understand the why on each one of those. But but we never compress time. Right? We never put a date on it. We never make it real. You know, nothing's real unless it has a date and a timetable. Right? So you've got to put a win on it. Because without a win, there's no, there's no finish to the race. You're just going to be running. So when do you want it? Right. When do you want it? And on each one of them, if you have a multitude of things or it's one thing, whatever it is, it's when do you want it is step three. And then step four is now all about execution and action. Right. What do you need to do to make it happen? What do you need to do to make it happen? You know what you want. You validated why you want it. You have your burning desire of why. You've put a hard date or dates on this, and now it's time 
to make it happen. Now it's time to start writing down what's holding you back. Right? What are all the areas that are holding you back of getting what you want and when you want it? Right? You start writing those down. Right? And from that, you know, what decisions, tough decisions did you need to make? Right? Maybe, maybe you've, you've uh, been in a bad relationship. Maybe you're around not the best friends. Maybe you need to, you just have, you've been uh, too scared to quit the job. Whatever it is, now you've got to, what decisions do we need to make? Okay. And once you start making those decisions, now you have everything in order to build your plan. And the great thing about having a date, you can now build a plan, right? What actions do I need to do? What sacrifices do I need to make? How much do I need to work? How much do I need to work out? How much do I need to put into my relationship? Whatever it is, now you can start to quantify those things, right? You can start to measure those things. And, and what happens out of this exercise is whether we know it or not, we live with so much what I would call mental fatigue. Because so many of us are in a constant state of what do I do? What do I do? And you take action is what you do, right? You do what do you want? You map it out. Why do you want it? When do you want it? You make it real with the date, right? Then you map out why you're not doing it. What's holding you back? What decisions you need to make? And then you build your plan that's tangible against real things that you can measure that tie back to the activities that you can measure back to the date that you need to do to achieve it. So anyhow, I hope that's that's helpful. Um, I can open it up to the floor um, for any questions of, you know, maybe somebody wants to share a different different way that they look at it or, or maybe something in here sparked a way for you to, you know, you've been grappling or contemplating a, a big decision. You didn't know how to do it. And hopefully some of this format allows that to happen. Um, is always pinned up in the top is my uh, free Um, Online university has uh, eight or nine hours of video content, tactical downloads of how I've built built nine-figure and scaled nine-figure companies and sold them. And it's my gift free to you for being a part of the Breakfast of Champions Network. And with that, I will open the floor to any questions around this topic or anything that's pressing or on your mind as it relates to business. No questions, everybody good? I'm not in a position to talk right now, but I just appreciate what you what you just said. Um I need it I need to do that um, reverse action you just said. Okay, good. Well good. I'm glad I appreciate the, the comment. I'm glad it helped. And you know, nothing that I'm I'm sharing today is is mind blowing, right? I mean, but a lot of the things that that move the the needle the most aren't mind blowing things, right? They're just things that we don't take enough mental capacity or time to do because we think it's not necessary. And and I'm here to tell you your life 
your what do you do next is necessary, right? It all matters. And, and you taking the 15, 20, 30 minutes to really map out what you want, why you want it, when do you want it, and what, what do you need to do, what decisions do you need to make, and how are you going to get there, those things matter. Those things matter in life. And uh, it, it, it's such a joy when you, you lose that stress um, and frustration when you're, you're going down that path. So I hope that was helpful. I'll open the floor. I'll make it quick today. Um, unless anybody has any other questions, um, that's my thoughts going into 2023. Again, I'll open the floor for another 30 seconds. If not, I'll, I'll jump. Hey, Judge, this is Jessica with the Lion Face. Can you hear me? Uh, good morning. Yeah, how are you, Jessica? Oh, hey. <laughs> I was like, am I not on you? Okay. Um, I I really appreciated your, your speaking to the mental fatigue and how we can make different decisions to own that so that we can actually do the next best thing and that really is a key for where people are actively trying to make a bunch of decisions and it can, I feel like it just tempers the piggybacking off of what Dre was talking about into yours. It just brings a lot of, it can just bring a lot of clarity that it doesn't have to be um, super taxing. I think people want to avoid making decisions because they feel like it might be I don't know, just more complex than it is, but how you framed it this morning is really, um, it's beautiful. It just, just shows us where we can stand in our power and realign with what we need and what we know and take the next best step from there. Yeah. Appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I mean, the the thing that I would encourage everybody to do. It's kind of like a procrastination, right? It's, it's when something you finish, you feel so good about it. Right. And when you look back and go, wow, why did I take so long to do that? Whatever it is. I mean, it could be something as silly as, you know, responding to to something or finishing some work that you just thought was going to be too hard or a bigger decision, but just everyone knows what that feeling feels like of man, now that's done. That feels so good. And why did I wait so long? That's, that's what I'm encouraging everybody here to do, right? Because we constantly live in this state of what do I do? And we, we never want to, we want the answers, but we don't take time to seek, seek out how to get them. So hopefully that was helpful. Appreciate the, uh, the feedback, Jessica, anybody else have anything? Hey, hi, it's Dr. Hope Kalman. Good morning. Thank you for sharing that. What I'm interested in knowing about is you said you've taken a number of nine-figure companies and exited them. Um, can you share some of that strategy of how you get? Boy, that's a big question. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could definitely try to uh, um, help a little bit. A lot is in that... Uh, free university that's pinned up there. Um, but the, the simple answer is, is I did it through um, creating great cultures, right? I mean, you can't grow a nine figure company um, without great people. It's just, it's just not possible. And so core to all of my success has always been 
um, not only surrounding myself with great people, but empowering them and, and building a culture that creates um, momentum aligned around a very specific vision that's usually tied to a niche because I believe the, you know, um, riches are in the niches. And so focusing on a, a very singular problem in the marketplace and then building a world-class team around addressing that problem and um, just putting massive momentum um, behind it with the culture um, has allowed allowed me to, to be able to build some pretty successful organizations in Exitum. What, what niche did, can you share one niche that you found wonderful people to team with? For sure. Um, uh, most of my success was around um, digital marketing and media. So, um, you know, building you know, world-class teams around um, very focused on, on uh, performance, right? So they were very performance-based um, marketing agencies, right? So you give us a, a dollar and we'll make you five so we could measure it. Um, another niche I'm in right now that I'm, I'm very excited about is um, a software company where we focus on, it's called WorkTech, and we're focusing on building rewards and recognition for employees at scale. Um, another business that's a niche that I'm in right now is specifically in insurance, but all we sell is fleet trucking insurance, um, which allows us to become excellent and elite at, at one thing. And by, and by being very niched and very focused, it allows me to go out and find and acquire the best talent because they're, they're easier to find at that point because, you know, resumes are easier to look at. It's not broad-based. And then I can build um, a culture and organization around a niche and I can attract people that are experts and elite in that niche um, because we've built our whole model around that and our whole culture. And it allows us to retain and acquire people easier. So that's interesting. You know, the whole neuroscience theory about reward, right? And uh, can you, you, you mentioned something about rewarding your, your culture. Can you, can you say something about that? Yeah, hundred percent. I, there's a statistic, um, don't hold me to it. Cause I'm, I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but I think 60% of employees leave jobs, um, because of the lack of, um, being recognized. Um, and there's also, you know, ties to, to site being, you know, boredom or lack of purpose, but as human beings, we, we want to be recognized, right? I mean, if you go back to your childhood or in, in a relationship or now, or if you played, you know, um, any sort of sports, it always felt good to be recognized or even as simple as somebody saying, Hey, you know, I just want to tell you, man, you look really good today and how those, you know, how that makes you feel. And so it's, it's critical in the workplace, um, to build, an organization where you're constantly recognizing people, right? You're constantly <clears throat> creating a, a state of winning. And so um, one of the companies I've, I've created, it's called Q's. If anybody wants to look at it, it's getqs.com. It's all about um, recognizing them, uh, employees in the moments that matter, right? They beat their best day. It's their birthday. It's their work anniversary. It's a life event. They exceed a goal. They they do something that that impacts the team or a client, um, and you have the ability to to recognize them in those moments that matter, because in those moments that matter and recognition, that's where you create momentum and scale in a company. In my opinion, so that's very interesting. So when cultures fail, right, and we all learn from failure, right, and I'm sure you 
had some opportunity to learn around failure. Did you? Oh, for sure. I failed more than I've, I've won, right? I continue to fail, right? I mean, I think failure is is the key to success. I mean, you look at, um, use Michael Jordan, for example, right? I mean, he arguably is the best basketball player of, of all time. And he says, you know, I've, I've missed more shots than I've made. I failed more times than I've won. And so I view failure as, as, as critical to success, right? If you're, if you're not failing, you're not growing, you're not learning, you're not getting better. So, yeah, I think you look at any uber successful individual, they have failed more than they've won. But it's how they adapted and, and learned from the failure to move in towards um, the winning. You know, um, there's a lot of conversation on uh, on this app about imposter syndrome, but I would like to think of it as lack of reward syndrome. And, uh, you know, as a neuroscientist, the mind, if it's not if it's not properly rewarded, the mind goes into a negative, toxic reaction rather than a creative uh, creative outcome, but I, I'm curious to talk a little bit more about the reward system and how you succeeded with your culture. You you mentioned earlier, and I, if you could repeat it so that my subconscious could really get it about how you how you have rewarded your culture in your teams. Yeah, so I, I, I do it uh, based on making sure that there's some sort of way to measure success, right? Because I believe um, you can't just reward and recognize um, unless there's some sort of, you know, success metric tied to that, right? So ensuring people have set proper goals that can be measured. And from that, you know, if, if the company's winning, then the employee's winning. And so that's that's one way that, that I always did it, right? I mean, it's you know, it's easy to just recognize somebody if they, hey, you know, hey, you did a good job on something, right? That's an easy one. But if you're really wanting to recognize them and reward them, you've got to give them something that they understand if they do it, they're going to get recognized, they're going to get rewarded, and they understand where they are daily on it. They can measure it. It's something that becomes tangible, becomes visible. It becomes something that allows them to have purpose and allows them to compete against either their peers or themselves on a daily basis. And so to me, recognition and rewarding can also conversely fall flat if if it's not created within purpose and if it's not driving a bigger outcome um then it can can become almost meaningless so it's really important in my view that it has to be tied to something very specific like a goal that can be measured so like and thank you for this conversation. Uh, last segment, it was about scarcity mindset, right? And not not being paid your value and having the discernment and wisdom to walk away when when that when that goal is not properly uh, 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 have integrity and ethics Bruh. in the workplace. How do you deal with that in terms of value and seeing the the value in, in individuals and making sure that scarcity mindset is not in the culture. Uh, for me, it's, it, it's all, it all starts with core values, right? So fundamentally I want to build an, an organization around, um, you know, core values, meaning, you know, that translate to daily actions, habits, and behaviors. 
and those become the value system of the organization. And so, you know, we should have like-minded people that, that live up to those standards and those set of values. And then that, that becomes much easier, right? When you have, um, for example, I always talk about speed as a core value of mine, right? So I want to build an organization and I'll hire against a core value and make sure people that want to work with me understand we're going to move fast. We're going to compress time. You know, it's your last job. If it took you two weeks to do something, we're going to do it in three days. Right now, we're going to be strategic. We're going to have the right people. We're going to create process, but we're going to push, right? And so by aligning the company and the individuals around these core values and these habits and behaviors, all of a sudden the value system, it, you're, not ever, you're not ever at odds with it, right? Because if I didn't have that value system and I wasn't hiring against people that had the same value system, I would constantly have values at odds, right? And so that's, that's a way, um, at least it's worked for me in order to be able to, to, to scale. In my last question about core values, you know, I did my master's degree in organizational psychology at the University of Michigan, and that was really very um, inspirational. But then I made the mistake and went into politics, and I'm retiring from that right now. But there's so much conflict there. And you're, you know, when you, you know, the core, everybody's fighting over core values. When you're constantly fighting, it's very hard to have a positive outcome when there's all that subconscious uh, uh, aggression. I'm calling it aggression. It's very hard to have a positive outcome. Can you say something about that? Yeah, I I totally agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, I, I believe, um, you know, toxicity in, in any aspect of your life when it becomes present and it's, it's not, you know, well-intended it's, 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 uh, you know, against values. I mean, you've, you've got to remove it, right? I mean, any, any situation like that where you don't have alignment and things are ill-intended and there's posturing, um, and it becomes toxic, nothing is productive, right? It, it becomes, you know, um, similar like fiefdoms, right? Everybody, is focused on their little fiefdom versus the greater vision or goal of the organization, whether it's for-profit um, or nonprofit, um, and it becomes toxic, right? I, I just, I can't operate and will not be in organizations or environments um, like that. Um, unfortunately, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life and, and I get to set the tone on things like that. Well, in, in, in enclosure, and thank you for this conversation, you know, coming out of this pandemic, and I ended up as a frontline COVID doctor, which was real toxic. That was real. But coming out of this pandemic, you know, it's over now, basically. Can you give any suggestions on how to how to defend and protect ourselves from getting caught up in that whole post-pandemic crisis? I mean, that's a tough question, right? Because that's a, you, now you're starting to, to, to mess with people's like personal belief systems, right? So um, I think as, as an individual, just as a company, you know, based on your own set of values and core values, you've got to have your own personal beliefs and core values, right? And, and unfortunately, those similar to politics aren't always going to align with, with everyone, right? And so I think you've got to start just continuing to align yourself with, with people that have similar um, belief systems, but, um, you know, be respectful for, for others and, and focus on, on you, right? I mean, I think we're in an environment right now due to social media where there's so much comparison, right? There's so much 
um, toxicity and, and, you know, why don't I have this or why does this person look this way or why does this person think this way or why are they taking this action? You know, the only person you need to be really focused on and competing against daily is yourself. And so I would I would encourage people in this post pandemic to go, hey, what's your version of winning and what are you what can you control and what are you doing that you can control to go win um, at the level that you want to? Thanks. And you said something really um, significant about uh, the only person you can focus on is yourself. Can you repeat that? And thank you for talking with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I think that the only only person um, you, you need to determine your own version of winning. Right. That's really important because um, there's always other levels and, and people. Um, your version of winning could be much different than other people's. And so you've got to understand that. Right. And, and you've got to focus on your version of winning and what that looks like. And the only way you can get there is you got to compete against yourself, right? It's, it's cool to measure and look at, look at others, but those, the others you're looking at may have a lower standard or a higher standard of winning when you need to just make sure you're, you're every day as you're measuring yourself against what you're going, um, you're striving for to win. And every day is a win or a loss. When you put your head on the pillow at night, you need to look at it today is in the W column or is it the L column?